welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. I said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and glad you're joining me today. And today we're going to talk about cheap and free resources you can get to uh, build your homestead. Uh, that's to either get it started or take it to the next level or just do those projects you've been putting off for a while, maybe because you couldn't afford them or or um, just maybe seem like too much right now. But uh, there are options out there for cheap and free resources, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into that, uh, let me first say, I uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and uh, got to spend some time with your friends and family and uh, got to enjoy a little bit of the fruits of your labor uh, of homesteading throughout the year, uh, growing those gardens and raising that those livestock. And you got to sit down and, and just enjoy some of that with your family. So I, I hope you had a great one. As we come into this time of the year, it definitely slows down as far as gardening and and things, but uh, there's so many more things we can be doing. We'll be talking a lot about that in future episodes, but uh, you know, I've been making a lot of changes to the uh, our membership program, our Homestead Forum membership site. If you uh, haven't checked that out yet, run on over to the homesteadforum.com and uh, check that out and see what you get there. Uh, been working on some uh, courses, working on just a total redesign of the whole site, and I think it's coming out really good. And there's a great forum there where you can get involved and uh, with other homesteaders and uh, just share ideas and suggestions and learn from one another. It's just great stuff. So I just wanted to give you a few updates of what was going on around here. Now let's just get on to our main topic. The topic is finding the resources to build your homestead, and uh, that's a big deal. Uh, if uh, if you're a new homesteader or been doing it for a while, but it's been slow progress building your homestead, you understand that uh, uh, sometimes it's hard to get a hold of resources. But finding the resources to, to build our homestead is is important. Um, what are you lacking to really get your homestead going? Is it time? Is it money? Is it land? Is it just stuff? Do you need just things around your homestead? And I hope this topic today will help because um, in Today, I want to discuss, you know, free or cheap resources to build your homestead. So what are you lacking? Is it time? And you think, well, for a chat like this doesn't have anything to do with time, but it kind of does, because if you had more money, could you buy back some of your time? Would you not have to work as many hours? Would you not have to um, you know, just keep yourself as busy trying to make money uh, with your time? Or if you had the money, could you trade that money and buy back some of your time with it? And... Would you be able to, um, if you were able to get your hands on some free and cheap resources for your homestead, would that would allow you to keep more of your money, which could in return buy back your time? You see how, you see where I'm going with this. Uh, all these things are kind of linked together. All these resources, time, money, your stuff is all linked together. If you've got free and cheap resources, you don't need as much money. You can keep more of your money and you don't have to spend as much time making money. So all those resources kind of link in together. You got to take advantage of free and cheap resources out there if you want to make a lot of progress on your homestead. And, um, you know, it can, if it, it, essentially it can work towards, or potentially it could work toward solving all your resource lacking problems and getting your, your homestead 
going. So today's uh, topic is finding the resources to build your homestead. And there's a lot, there's a lot of free, good free resources out there. And we're going to talk about some of those today. And uh, hopefully, um, hopefully you'll get some ideas on some things you can do to kind of take your homestead to the next level and really get advancing and, uh, and growing and becoming everything you want it to be by using free and cheap resources. And I know a lot of us are in the same boat. We're looking for any means we can to kind of do this thing and do it on a budget, uh, be frugal about it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today and, uh, and really get the ball rolling. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, garden amendments. Garden amendments are something you're going to need a lot of if you're a homesteader. So where do you get free or cheap garden amendments because they can cost you hundreds if not thousands of dollars over the years um, but the good news is that it's also one of the easiest and most available for your cheap resources to get your hands on we'll start with manure finding manure of course depending on where you live can be very easy to get your hands on usually free horse ranches are a common source but that isn't all there is, you know, the horse ranches have mounds of it. They want you to come get it. Uh, they, they really want it out of there. They'll Sometimes they'll even deliver just to get it off their property. Um, but it's not the only kind you can look for. You can look for cow, sheep, chicken, rabbit. Um, they can be found in abundance too, depending on where you live and how many people are around you or, or farming those kind of animals. And all those, depending on how you use them, can be really good for building uh, soil to, to get your soil healthy. And uh, so finding manure is a very valuable, uh, usually free resource. Now, if you sometimes a, a rabbit manure is, is some people will bag that up and sell that at a cost. Um, but there's really no reason to go and buy manure from a store because you can generally get it unless you're just in some desert type area that just doesn't have a lot of livestock in it. You're probably going to be able to find manure as a resource. Compost. Um, a little harder to find, but many counties have free or cheap compost uh, piles via yard waste centers. And this is where folks just bring their leaves. They bring their grass cuttings. Um, they bring all their organic waste materials or tree limbs or whatever they've picked up out of their yard. And it just gets turned into big old piles in these uh, collection centers. And they'll go in there with a, with a back or with a, um, uh, an end loader and they'll kind of stir it up and move it around and keep, you know, keep it composting. And uh, these centers usually give the compost away to uh, county residents. Sometimes there's a fee, sometimes there's not. But most of the time you have to go and take a truck and load it yourself or take some bags or some boxes or something and load it yourself. But they do give it away for free at a lot of those places. So find out if your county or surrounding counties have such a place. It's also a good place to take things. I mean, if, if you're have an abundance of, uh, say, leaves or, or, or anything like that. I can't imagine having so many I couldn't use them on my property. But if you did, you can take things there. But uh, it's a great place to get compost. Um, just leaves and grass clippings are another great soil amendment that you can get your hands on, especially in the fall. Getting your hands on, on bags of free leaves, I mean, they bag it up and set it out for you. And you just go around and pick it up. It's extremely easy. Get with your neighbors. Make sure they're not using no chemicals on their trees or anything like that. If you know them, uh, you can, and you can compost those things. Um, they make a great garden cover mulch for winter. That's what I do. I cover up my gardens with leaves. I cover up all my raised beds with a, with a, you know, a good thick pile of leaves. And, uh, 
Uh, and But you can also let it set for a little while and develop what's called leaf mold. And you can stir that into your soil or you can let it set even longer and it will actually turn into a finished compost over time. Grass clippings also make a great organic material. A lot of times you can get those from your neighbors. They're mowing their yard and they got their bag catchers on. They'll put it in a bag or put it in a trash can. You can ask them for them. Again, make sure they're not putting any chemicals on their lawn if you're going to use the grass clippings. But not only can grass clippings make a good compost or organic material for your compost, um, they also make good uh, animal feed. Rabbits, chickens, uh, sheep, goats, they'll, they'll love munching on that stuff. So get it for your animals as well. But again, make sure it's not been sprayed or you will have some problems with that. Wood chips are another great uh, uh resource for a homestead they can make great mulch for your garden uh, go around trees shrubs and if you're buying wood chips you know that can get really expensive by the bag uh, and it's also something that you can possibly get for free or very cheap uh, i know county highway departments usually have a large mound of uh, free wood chips our county does and i used to work there years ago so i know a little bit about that all you have to do is show up with your pickup truck. They even load it for you. They'll come out with their end loader. And, and I used to do it all the time for people. They'd back their truck up there next to the wood chip pile, and we'd load them up a pile of wood chips. And a lot of counties will do that because they got tree trimming crews uh, out there, you know, getting the limbs that are growing out across the road and things like that. And they're sh shredding those, and they take them. And honestly... If you find an old pile of those, that can even, uh, that's compost too. Uh, if they leave it set long enough and stirred enough, that actually turns into compost. So uh, go to your county highway department and see if, if they have such a wood chip pile that you could get uh, wood chips from. Um, like I said, they usually do require you to come get it yourself. But now, also another resource for that is tree trimming companies. Um, tree trimming companies will even often drop it off at your homestead if they're working in the area. So you can get... Uh, free wood chips or cheap. Sometimes they charge you a little bit of money uh, for that, but you can get wood chips uh, either really cheap or free. And you know, uh, now you'll buy those colored ones at the store. And yeah, they're they're a little thicker. They're probably going to last a little longer because these are a little bit more shredded up. The ones than what you'll get in a bag usually. But uh, but you know, you can get, if you can get your hands on a lot of them, you don't care if they last as long because you can just go get all you want for free uh, if you're able to do that in your area. So. Um, it can definitely save you a lot of money, a lot of money, because we go through a lot of wood chips around here. Uh, Topsoil. Now, if you're if you're gardening using raised beds or you've built raised beds, um, especially, then you're going to notice about this. You'll discover that you need to get your hands on a lot of soil to fill them up, and uh, that can get really expensive really quick. Um, many county highway departments also have topsoil available. For pickup, ours does. You can go out there and get some soil. There is some risk because this is usually soil that they've dug off the side of the roads and the ditches and things like that. So you're taking chances. You're going to want an amendment, maybe test it if you get a little bit of it because it could potentially have something bad in it. Um, it's been sprayed possibly by some homeowners or some, you know, or it's getting run off from the fields. There, there is some potential danger there, but it is, you can usually get it for free. Another great resource I found for uh, topsoil is excavating companies. I have a friend who has an excavating company. When I built all my raised beds, uh, that's who I got my topsoil from. Uh, he would dig out basements. He builds basements for, for homes and businesses, foundations, things like that. So he'll go in and dig out all the topsoil. Well, a lot of times there ain't no place to spread that around. So he'll, uh, he'll bring that back to his place and just build piles of it. And I just went out to my pickup truck. He loaded me up some topsoil. 
and it was good, really good topsoil. Uh, those are some possibilities. Now, even if it's not available for free from those places, it's definitely cheaper to buy by the cubic yard from places, uh, landscaping companies, things like that, than it is to buy it by the bag usually. I mean, there, there are some places that go crazy with that. But you can usually get it cheaper by buying it by the cubic yard uh, from places uh, and save a little bit of money there if you don't want to take a chance on uh, on soil you're getting for free in those places because there is a little bit of risk in that. Uh, more, maybe more than a little bit. Um, you definitely probably want to get that tested, especially from a county highway department if you're going to use that. You're going to get a better soil, more than likely a more trustworthy soil, um, good soil from a uh, from a landscape company, um, buying it by the cubic yard. And, and you might be able to get it cheaper than if you were buying bag topsoil to fill your beds because, like I said, that can get really expensive really fast. Let's move on to um, building materials. Uh, building materials are another thing that you're going to find as a homesteader. You're probably going to need a lot of. Most homesteaders... I know, become builders of many things on their property. Whether it be a potting bench, to raise garden beds, a chicken coop, whatever, you're going to start building stuff probably. If you're not going to do it yourself, you're going to get family or friends to help you do it, and you're going to be doing it. And that's a great way to save money. It's, it's a great frugal practice to learn some carpentry skills, some building skills, put some things together yourself, but um, you're still going to have to buy the materials. But if you can get your hands uh, on some free or cheap building materials uh, it can even be a greater savings so uh, what are some ways that you can get some free or cheap uh, building materials pallets um, they're usually available for free or very cheap in many places and depending on what you're building they can be a really great uh, source of material uh, three things to remember when using pallets for projects number one this these are maybe a couple of these you probably haven't thought of uh, as you're collecting them they're going to take up a lot of space on your property, and they're quite an eyesore on your property. I had a bunch of them stacked up behind my, uh, out beside my garage at one point, and uh, yeah, it was just an eyesore. And I had to, you know, I was using them, but I over a couple months I was using them, so it was quite an eyesore for a couple months. Two, uh, breaking them down uh, can be a lot of work. If you because you have to break them down into usable lumber, uh, you don't have to. It depends on what you're building, I guess. But I did. And that's a lot of work, especially if you don't have the proper tools for the job. And uh, number three, some pallets are treated with dangerous chemicals and used to transport toxic products. So know where your pallets are coming from and check the codes on the pallet to find out their treated condition. It just I could give you a couple sites for that, uh, but it's difficult. You won't be able to remember them. I won't, I won't have them in the notes or anything. So uh, just Google uh, codes, uh, treated codes on pallets, codes on pallets for treatment. And you'll find a bunch of websites, a bunch of resources that'll tell you how to read those codes. Cause there's always a stamped code on the side of the pallets or there should be, if they don't have, they, they shouldn't have anything done to them. They're probably just a, um, sawmilled wood with no treatment whatsoever, but it'll say it's pressure treated or it'll like, it could say it's had some kind of a chemical treatment. You want to look at those codes and know what you're using them for. Would I ever use a treated, some chemically treated pallet for something? Maybe. It just depends. I definitely wouldn't use it to grow food around um, or put my livestock in it, but I might use it for something else, you know. So um, just know what you're building, know what you're going to use it for, know what you have. Uh, but pallets can be a great resource. You can check with local businesses, grocery stores, um, 
just a variety of places. Any place that gets any kind of shipment in, they're probably getting it in on pallets. And most of the time they're looking to get rid of those pallets because they're taking up valuable space. Um, used a lumber, though it's usually not free unless you can help someone dismantle something and trade for the lumber. Um, it can usually be purchased at a huge discount. All of the fencing around my property, is I've got a ranch style fence that I built a few years ago. Every bit of that is built from used lumber that I bought from a guy. It's all two by fours and two by sixes. And I, I bought them for about a fifth of the price of what they would have cost new. And they didn't have any nails or anything in them. They would all been removed. It's just used. And if you have some of it's warped, some of it was, you know, different, some of it wasn't great, but I bought hundreds of dollars of lumber and I saved hundreds of dollars in lumber by buying it used. I found that guy on Craigslist and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Some of the resources you can use to find some of these things. I have a whole list of places you can go, but I found that guy on Craigslist. Uh, he was selling used lumber and he still sells it. He has a bunch of it. It's always two by fours, mostly two by fours and some two by sixes, but you might be able to find a guy like that. I've seen plywood, uh, used plywood for sale. Cause sometimes people will buy that just to cover something up or whatever temporarily. And then they want to get rid of a pile of it. Um, you know, all kinds of building materials. You'll see, you'll see all kinds of stuff, but used lumber is a good way to go. If you can find it blocks, bricks, and rocks. Uh, these can be another great resource for your homestead for building raised beds, retaining walls, walkways. I find I'm always needing rocks for something or blocks or bricks or something. Um, just there's a thousand things you can do with them. And uh, you know what? Sometimes people are going to tear down a chimney or tear down a little building and they'll just have this pile of bricks out in their property. And you can stop and say, hey, what are you going to do with those? And a lot of times those give them to you. Uh, I found free bricks, free blocks and free rocks. Uh, I've also paid for some of those things very cheap, uh, depending on what kind of condition they were in. Uh, but a lot of times people are just looking to get rid of them. Many times farmers are clean, uh, clearing fields. So they got a couple of young kids out there throwing, you know, big old field rocks in a bucket on a tractor and they're building a big old pile of uh, field rocks. Those are great for doing all kinds of things with. Um, so if you can get your hands on some of those, those are nice. You can come to the rescue and you can, you can clear off their property of those things and bring them to your property and use them. And like I said, there's so many things uh, you can do. And even if you have to pay a little bit for them, that's a really good resource. It isn't like lumber. It's never going to wear out. It's never going to go away. You build something, it's going to last forever. I mean, as long as you're here, um, out of rocks and stones and bricks. I mean, it's, it's a, to me, it's a very valuable uh, resource for the homestead. Let's talk about repurposing a little bit. Uh, I think that uh, when we're, uh, I do a lot of repurposing. And I think most homesteaders do, or if they're trying to save money, they should. Um, making use of what most people throw away can be a huge money saver. And it can provide you with uh, many resources around your homestead. But as a warning, I do want to tell you to be aware uh, that what you use, when you're using certain things, some products contain toxins, uh, some contain harmful heavy metals um, that you may not want on your property. Um, you may not want them at all, or you might only want them in a certain area of your property. It just depends on what you're going to use it for. I mean, especially if it's got heavy metals in the stuff, you don't want to be growing food in it. So do your homework when you're repurposing items on your homestead. And, you know, I think that's one of the greatest things about living in this day and age. We have the internet. We have Google. You can generally find out how something was made, what kind of chemicals were used in it, what it contains. Is those things harmful? You can look that up. I mean, do a little bit of homework and you can save a lot of money. You can, it's a great resource, but you just do your Google searches, you know, just find out what you can. If you're still unsure, 
maybe you just don't use it any place where it could cause you problems just in case. You know, you just got to you got to weigh that out. You got to use some common sense when it comes to those kind of things. But uh, but I think that uh, you can absolutely repurpose things. Trash. Let's just talk about trash. What most people throw away. You've probably heard the saying, right, that one man's trash is another man's treasure. Um, that's because the one who counts it as a treasure can find a way to use it, right? I mean, that's why he counts it as a treasure. Um, I have a friend who works as a janitor at a factory, and all year he saves empty toilet paper tubes uh, that he gets at work. And in the spring, he uses them to plant seedlings in them. It's genius, right? I mean, those are bot- they're going to degrade in the ground. They're going to go compost, and he just takes the you know cuts them in half, fills them full of soil, plants things in them, takes them, puts them in his garden when they when they sprout. It's a great thing to do. And it's, it's trash. It's something that's going to just get thrown away. Um, cutting the bottoms out of milk jugs and other plastic bottles to use them as mini greenhouses for individual plants is another common practice a lot of homesteaders do. Um, the list can go on forever and ever. You can probably imagine the possibilities of using items that most people throw away for a special purpose on your homestead. Again, you're getting the benefit of it. It's not going to the landfill. Um, it, you're making use of something. You're giving something a second life, a second purpose. You're repurposing it, and you're finding a use for it. And it, it the limits are, are your mind, your creativity, uh, your imagination, uh, what you can do with what. And I do a lot of things around here. I mean, I'm all the time taking used items, which is what I'll talk about next, used items. Um, again, I couldn't possibly mention all the things you could get your hands on that could be repurposed um, and used for something on your homestead. But some of the more common things are barrels, like plastic barrels, metal barrels. I mean, you can take a plastic barrel, make a water collection system out of it. You could make, uh, you could use it for uh, uh, aquaponics or just feed storage or whatever. I mean, you just there's a thousand things to use barrels for. Uh, you can even cut them down short and make planters out of them. I mean, there's there's a hundred things you could do. Um, uh, old windows can be used to make cold frames or even whole greenhouses. People take old windows and make whole greenhouses out of them. Uh, buckets, five-gallon buckets are a great resource around the homestead. You can think of a thousand things to do with buckets. Um, anything can be used and repurposed for something if you're creative enough. Um, you know, my uh, I have a uh, outdoor uh, sink I use for cleaning off the veggies, a little veggie wash station out there. Uh, I got an old sink out of an old pop-up camper. <laughs> that that was torn apart. Uh, that's what I you know, put in in the top of it. And I mean, just repurposing things. I took an old coffee pot and made the uh, like an old camp style coffee pot, and I actually made a faucet out of that. Uh, I mean, it's kind of fancy. I didn't have to do all that, but just taking things and getting creative and doing things with things people throw away. Just you know, just useless used items uh, that you maybe don't think you know you could do anything with, but you absolutely can. And uh, you know. <laughs> What can't be used as a planter? Unless it's got a heavy metals in it or, or toxins in it, you could probably use it as some kind of planter, you know, and plant things in. I mean, there's just so many things you can get creative and do uh, with the used items and uh, and trash uh, to, to repurpose on your homestead. I think it's a great way to save money. Uh, the next thing we'll look at is something maybe you haven't thought about, and that's animals. Say what? <laughs> I mean, how do you do this with animals, right? That's the question. Well, I'll tell you, uh, even uh, animals can be detained free or very cheap. Many people will purchase an animal like a rabbit, a chicken, a duck on an impulse buy, especially around Easter, um, you know, for a child. And then they don't realize the work of that animal. They don't they realize they don't have the infrastructure for that animal. 
And then some of these resources I'm going to talk about at the end, uh, the places where you can find a lot of this stuff, they'll put them up there for sale or for sale really cheap or giving them away. Uh, so it's a great way to find animals. And it's sad that people do this, but you might as well benefit from it. You know, uh, I have gotten some rabbits this way. You can get roosters, especially that way. If you want some roosters, you can definitely get roosters that way. People are always wanting to get rid of roosters, uh, just chickens in general. And I've seen ducks. Uh, so there are things you can find like that. I've seen uh, feeder pigs really cheap on some of these resources too. But people just, they got too many. They're looking to get rid of them and they'll sell them really cheap on some of these resources I'll tell you about later. And it is sad, but I do want to give you some warning on that though. Many people that you get these animals from, they're not going to want you to use them for livestock. They're going to want you to have them as a pet. And um, you know what? The ethical thing, the right thing, the moral thing, I think, of course, everybody's got their own thoughts on that, to do is to not deceive them. If, if you tell them you're taking that animal as a pet, don't take it home and butcher it and eat it. Um, if you want to take it home and use it as breeder stock, I, maybe they won't have a problem with that. But I would be upfront with them, you know, about what you're going to do. Because most of them are not going to want you to use that as any kind of livestock. Um but just be honest and you just don't have to take the animal. You say, well, that's what I would use it for. And I don't want it otherwise. Uh, but you don't have to deceive them. You don't have to take the animal. Um, but you can tell them that on the phone. You don't even have to go look at it. Also beware of getting sick animals and bringing them onto your homestead. Just look the animal over real good. Make sure it ain't got no major problems. Cause that could actually cost you money, uh, in the end, if you have to treat an animal and also have an area at your homestead where you can quarantine that animal away from your other animals at first. Cause sometimes you can't always tell if they're a little sick and you want to quarantine them for a few days just to kind of watch them and observe them and make sure there's no problems with them. You might want to treat them for something, say they got mites or things like that. You want to get those treated before you introduce them to your other animals. Uh, and just kind of keep them away from everything else. So you got to be careful doing that. But it is an absolute way to uh, to get some free or cheap livestock from your homes for your homestead. Now let's just go on to the next thing, and that's just finding cash. Hey, I like finding cash. I mean, I clean out my car seats occasionally and look under the couch, and I find some cash. It's there. You just got to find it. Um, and it is there, really. Uh, there's no resource that will have a bigger impact on your homestead than just cold, hard cash, right? And there are two ways to put cash in your hand. You can make more of it, or you can just keep it in your hand by spending less of it. How do you get more money? You spend less or you make more. Those are your two possibilities. So we'll talk about frugality. Being frugal is a common and, I think, important practice for homesteaders. Um, I'll point you to a free resource called 21 tips for homesteading on a budget. I actually send that free, that resource out as an email sign up uh, to my new, new email subscribers. Cause I think it's a valuable resource having ways to, to some tips for saving money to being frugal. Um, uh, homesteading on a budget is important for anybody. And it's got a lot of good ideas, I think, for saving money on your homestead. And that right there is instantly going to put more money in your pocket. I think you can sell things you don't use or need. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, every year my family would have this huge rummage sale. I mean, huge rummage sale. All of us would come together and we just we just sell all kinds of stuff that we weren't using anymore. Things that we didn't want anymore, we weren't using anymore. There was toys, there was, you know, tools. I mean, just whatever. Whatever we didn't have nailed down or we weren't using we maybe bought on an impulse buy through the year or whatever we sold you know we got rid of them had a lot of clothes we we're upgrading clothes and we sold them and we put a little bit of that money back in our pockets and and these days 
Um, there's a lot of ways to sell unwanted items. You don't have to have a room and sell. It's still a good thing to do. It really is. But there's a lot of places you can sell online for free. So it's a good way to get your hands on some extra cash to use on your homestead. Again, I'll talk about some of those resources here in a few minutes for doing that, for buying and selling. Uh, making things from scratch is a good frugal practice that will put money in your in your pocket, keep money on your homestead. Uh, making things from scratch, it's, it's a, not only a healthier practice, but it's a huge money saver as well. Many of the things you purchase from a store, such as prepackaged foods. I remember one of the first things we ever did was make uh, pre-made pancake batter. You go to the store and you'll pay you know a couple bucks for it or whatever. Man, it's pennies to make. I mean, pennies to keep a bag of it mixed up, ready to go. And it's a pancake batter. I mean, all kinds of things like that. Just things you can prepackage yourself or make from scratch, put it up, and um, it saves you all kinds of money. Also, your household cleaners. Making your own household cleaners can save you a lot of money. Those things are expensive. And uh, really, pennies on the dollar uh, for what you can you can make them for. I mean, it's it's really inexpensive. Um, so make those things from scratch and keep some money in your pocket. Sell what you're producing. So here's where you're going to make some money. Um, even on a small scale, selling some of the things your homestead is producing can go a long way to providing some money for your homestead. Selling eggs, setting up a vegetable stand. These are a couple simple things you can do. Um, but you're only limited by your own creativity and, 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 and plus the limitations of the demand of your local market. In other words, someone has to want what you're producing, right? I mean, I could sell comfrey plants locally. There's not a lot of people around here wanting comfrey plants. Everybody says, you know, there's this big kick right now on uh, on growing uh, shoots, uh, uh, micro gardening or micro vegetables. Uh, some places, that's great. Around here, not a hot thing. People don't care. <laughs> I mean, they really don't. Uh, it's just not a big thing right here. You get around some of the larger cities, though, and absolutely, it's a uh, you know doing the micro gardening, the micro market, whatever, selling the little uh, um, micro vegetables. It's huge. I make tons of money on it. It has to be a market for what you're trying to sell. You can create a market. You can put some uh, put some energy out there into the market, and you know get people excited about something. Uh, that can work, but you know, generally it has to be a market or you have to create a market uh, to sell those things. But great way to put some cash in your pocket. I know a lot of people are selling eggs. A lot of people are selling eggs and losing money though. But again, selling a few if they're if you're not using them anyway, selling a few, helping that to buy your feed for your chickens or whatever. It's a good way to go. I want to talk about next uh, a practice that isn't as common anymore, but that's bartering. And I think it's a I think it's a really uh, valuable skill, homesteading skill um, to have. I think that, uh, like I said, it's not as common as practice as it used to be, but it's one you should develop. Uh, it can do a lot to provide for your homestead, especially if you don't have a lot of cash. Um, you can barter your labor. Doing work for others for barter is a great way to acquire resources for your homestead. Um, I used to, I've done a lot of this in my life. I mean, I've done a lot of jobs for people in trade for something. Um, many times that can pay better than working for cash. Just do the math. What is the value of what you're bartering for? And how much would you charge for the labor you're doing? A lot of times you come out ahead on that. You really will. Uh, people will, you know, it's easier for people sometimes to barter or to, to come off of with things than it is cash. And they will give you way more value uh, in, in things than they will in, in what the cash value is. So um, sometimes you can come out way ahead. Just do the math and figure it out. Uh, but if you have a skill or knowledge of a certain thing, you can absolutely barter that. Uh, I used to do a lot of mechanic work for barter. Uh, like I would actually, you know, I put an engine in a truck one time for a truck. You know, I mean, the guy gave me another truck for fixing his one, putting an engine in for me. He already had the engine. All I had to do was just swap it. I mean, I had it done in one day and I got a, 
I mean, I got like a a thousand dollar truck out of it, you know, I mean, just things like that. I mean, you can, you can, again, be out to put yourself out there. If you got a skill, market that skill a little bit and try to, and try to uh, get something for it. Um, What are you producing? What you're producing can, can also be used to barter. Uh, I recently traded some live uh, breeding stock rabbits uh, for half a freezer full of uh, pastured pork products. I mean, we got ham, we got bacon, we got pork chops, we got all kinds of stuff. I came out way ahead on that deal. I mean, he's got a couple, he's got some breeding stock rabbits, uh, which, you know, that's nothing for me. I mean, I'm, those things are pumping out like crazy, right? You can't stop it. They're breeding like rabbits out there. But, uh, you know, you can come up with some great deals like that. Uh, maybe you can bake bread better than everybody else. Maybe you have an abundance of apples in your homestead. You got a bunch of apple trees. Uh, someone probably wants what you have, and they have something of value that you could use that you could trade for. So keep an eye out for those kind of things because there's value in that. Bartering is a great way to acquire resources for your homestead. Okay, so let's talk about where to find free and cheap items. I told you I, several times I've referenced to the end of this and said we're going to look at some of the way, places where you can get some free stuff, right? Or, uh, you know, when I was growing up, it used to be that newspaper classifieds were a great place to find items. But now the best use of a newspaper is basically to locate rummage sales and auctions or just use organic material in your compost pile. <laughs> um, all of the resources listed below are great places to find cheap or free items, but also uh, to sell items. I mean, I've mentioned several times that you can sell or buy in these places and it all can benefit your homestead. Garage sales. I have benefited more for, from garage sales over the years than just about anything. You find the best deals at garage sales. Having a garage sale is a great way to make money, but going to garage sales is an absolutely great way to save money. Uh, I have gotten some great, great things over the years from garage sales. Um, flea markets, sometimes not quite as good of a deal, but you find things there. I like to go to flea markets and see what they got. A lot of times stuff's over overpriced, so you have to be careful, but... It can be a place where you can find some good deals. Auctions. Auctions are awesome. I grew up going to auctions. My dad loves the auctions. We we buy everything from buckets of nails to the tractors. I mean, it could be anything. Uh, we would buy at these auctions. Okay. And you can get some great deals. It, it all depends on the climate. It depends on who's there and how much money they got and what they're looking to buy. And But if there's not, you know, if you're not doing a lot of, com- uh, there's not a lot of competition there, you can get some great stuff at auctions. Uh, some of the online resources and see, these were things that weren't available for me when I was growing up and probably you either. Um, but now they're the most common places where you're going to find these free and cheap items and you're going to, uh, uh, use these also for selling stuff. Facebook marketplace is becoming one of my favorite places. Uh, if you go into Facebook, there's a little tab up there called marketplace and you search locally, you have miles of your house, whatever, and you can find all kinds of great deals. There's a lot of good stuff on there. I don't think you can get animals on there. I'm pretty sure they don't do animals. Um, but if you're looking for things, yeah, I mean, there's stuff on there. Um, Craigslist, it's my go-to. It really is. I have bought quail from Craigslist. I have bought vehicles from Craigslist. I have bought plants from Craigslist. I have bought... I bought everything from Craigslist. Okay, there there's an abundance of stuff on Craigslist. Um, it depends on your area and what you got there, and how far you're willing to go to get it too. Um, but it's a great, great resource. Also for selling, I've never had, I've never had success anywhere as much as I've had with Craigslist at selling things. I'll give you a couple of warnings though. Be careful. Take a friend with you. 
especially if you're a woman, uh, be careful. There's, there's a lot of sick people out there and just take a friend or meet in a public place. Uh, our town actually set up a, um, a surveillance area for doing online trading. Uh, they put cameras up. They have routine, uh, a, a cop that goes through there routinely and uh, just just kind of watches. And it's a meetup place. It's where people come. They have parking spots and it's for trading things um, uh, that you've purchased online, you know, cash transactions and things like that. If, you're, if your area has a place like that, it's awesome. Use it. If not, very busy, you know, grocery store parking lots, things like that. Don't go to somebody's house unless it's just a huge item that, that you have to go to their house and then take somebody with you. I mean, take one or two people with you and, you know, somebody stay in the car on a cell phone. Um, just, just be careful. Use some common sense there. There's anything could happen. And there's been movies done about Craigslist killers and things like that. So just, you know, I'm just putting that out there because I don't want to see anybody get hurt because of my recommendations. Free cycle uh, uh, is a place. Uh, it's a, a free cycle, free cycle.org. I, I believe it is. Um, they it's free stuff. People put up free stuff in your area and you can go get free stuff. I mean, there's free firewood, free, you know, bricks, free rocks, whatever. There's just all kinds of stuff on there. Um, there's a new thing that I haven't used, but I've heard a lot about. It's called Nextdoor. Uh, Nextdoor is a is where you swap with your neighbors. I mean, it's stuff they've got, and you're in the same neighborhood, and you can buy and sell and trade or whatever. Um, I I still use Amazon a lot. There, you can buy used things on Amazon, um, so it's a great place to get good deals. eBay is not as hot as it used to be, but you can still find some things. I've bought cars off eBay. I bought two vehicles off eBay. Because you just get a good bit by and you travel a few miles, go get it. And I mean, you're still, I mean, if you're buying especially larger equipment or something, eBay can be a great place. So there's a few ideas um, for for uh, finding free and cheap and resources for your homestead. And just taking, you know, and I hope this is, is giving you a few ideas to get you started on the next steps um, to, to gaining resources for your homestead. And this will either help you get started or it'll help you advance your homestead and kind of take things to the next level. Um, again, I'm always looking to save you money, which in turn can save you time and can just speed up the process of your homestead. So I hope this information helped you and give you some ideas on what you could do. And it definitely will help you uh, kind of take things to the next level. So uh, until next time, happy homesteading. God bless. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.